And finally, I decided, okay, I've got to do this for myself. And yeah. that was like 20 years ago. And when I finally decided, Lillian, it was like almost 15 years later from that thought that I wanted to be a tour guide, 15 years later that I actually became a tour guide. Hi friends, welcome to the Heart Open Conversations podcast, where a connection desiring Asian, aka me, seeks to hold space for and with her fellow Asians, where stories from the heart are told with authenticity and depth. My hope is that you walk away from every episode feeling a little braver, a little more courageous, a little more inspired to walk alongside what's hard, what hurts, and what's unknown. Be okay with that and give yourself grace and then walk towards living a version of your life that is most true, most present, and most you. You're welcome here, all parts of you. Now grab a cup of your favorite drink, get comfy, close your eyes, and take a few deep breaths with me. Ready for some real, deep, and heart? Let's dive in. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode on the Hard Open Conversations podcast. I hope you have had a good week, starting out a good Friday, and looking forward to the weekend. I shared on my Instagram page yesterday that this week has been hard for me, particularly the past couple of days because I received a very sad and unfortunate piece of news from my family back home in Singapore, and that is, we lost our grandmother yesterday. Um, she passed and left us peacefully um, at the age of 95. She had lived a ripe old age, and for that, we are so very thankful. I think the hardest part for me is not being able to be there in person, physically, to support my family mentally, uh, emotionally, and also to have been able to spend more time with my grandmother. My grandmother had been one of my caregivers uh, for me growing up from the age of zero when I was a baby till when I was six or seven years old. My mom had left me in the care of my grandmother because she had her hands full with my younger brother. Um, so I grew up with my grandparents and as grandparents, 
are like grandparents. They dote on us. They dote on their grandkids unconditionally, to say the least. I was very well taken care of. I was a chubby little kid. That's always enough for me to eat. I'm always warm. I'm always having fun. I'm always allowed to be curious and adventurous and be myself. And um, they let me had my way a lot. And I am just grateful. And Papa, if you're listening to this now, know that I am the lucky one to have been able to call you my grandmother. I I am glad and my heart is um, taking consolation in the fact that you are you are in the safe arms of the Lord and you are no longer in pain. You are at a place where suffering does not exist and you are just bad on the other side of the rainbow bridge where you have joined my grandfather and my father and someday from now we are going to see each other again. I wrote a little poem that I posted on Facebook and Instagram and I wanted to read you a small segment of it which really it which really warmed my heart and it was I'll remind myself to look up to the skies whenever I miss you because where there are stars I know you aren't far unseen and heard but there you'll be always found in our hearts <sighs> Papa rest in peace I give you my word that the rest of the family will we will take care of each other we will stay healthy and may you not worry and may you be peaceful wherever you are. So call it synchronicity, but in light of the heaviness and the pain and the sadness that I'm currently feeling, I thought it was really interesting that um, I needed this week's episode. I really do. So this week on the podcast, I had the pleasure to bring on and have this heartfelt, warm and hopeful conversation with a dear friend, Diana. Diana is a licensed tour guide certified by Malaysia's Ministry of Tourism and UNESCO. Born and bred in Malaysia, she is passionate about spreading the culture and flavors of Malaysia far and wide to all tourists who visited from near and far. She's experienced with handling groups ranging from full bus loads of tourists as well as private tours. The onset of COVID brought about unexpected and difficult pivots to her life and career, and through her tenacity and resilience, she pivoted onto the virtual space to continue to pursue and hone her passion in tour guiding. At each of our core as human is the need to be seen and understood, and Diana believes strongly that by sharing Malaysia's authentically with the world, that that is the first step towards world peace. Diana has since also hopped onto the podcaster realm, and I'm so happy and so proud of her for having started it and for pushing the publish button and now already having put out 11 good episodes out there. I cannot wait for you to listen and tune in to this very warm, very down-to-earth conversation between me and Diana as she shared with us her journey towards becoming 
becoming a tour guide, how she had dealt with the challenge, how she had pivoted, and the hopes and endeavors that she has for, for herself and her life and her career looking forward. Without further ado, here is Diana. Hi, Diana. So good to see you. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. Hi, Lillian. Thank you very much for taking me on as your guest uh, in your podcast. I feel so honored, honestly. The honor (laughs) is also mine. Um, Just a quick background to those who are listening. Diana and I, uh, it's a very special friendship, I have to say. So first of all, she is located all the way back closer to where my hometown is. So she is located in Malaysia, just a stone throw away from Singapore. And you might wonder how did we get connected? I'll let Diana tell that story, actually. Um, I uh, find this friendship really special and I'm so glad to uh, stay connected. I was just getting around to telling her how seeing her face today, it, it looked very different from eight months or a year ago. And I'm so happy to see her looking more light up, lighter and uh, feeling more motivated and hopeful about, about her path forward. So um, before we get started, though, Diana, let's, let's dive into some rapid fire questions because uh, I find them fun. <laughs> You're up for it. Let's oh, yeah. go for it. Let's do that. All right. Um, what is your favorite self-care activity? Oh, my favorite self-care activity. I think it has actually kind of changed uh, during this pandemic times because prior to the pandemic, I was a very, how would I say, up and about person, Mm. always on the field because my job as a tour guide, you know, gives me that kind of uh, ability to be running all over the country. Sometimes I always tell myself I'm like an MD, not a managing director. I'm more like a mad dog running around town. <laughs> That's so, so during those days, my self-care is actually just sleeping mm-hmm. because that's what I need after the hectic day's activities. Yes. But now with the pandemic, my self-care is more on uh, reading, trying to have uh, more relaxation and trying to calm my mind, which is so very important during yes. this pandemic, which got me into a, a roller coaster kind of uh, mental ride. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, we like, we can say the same for for so many people, and I totally can understand and see how it makes sense that your self care activity would have switched completely from yeah. uh, your previous lifetime and career, and then now during a time during the pandemic. So, oh, that's great. I love that. All right. Um, one <laughs> item that we would always find sitting on your bedside table. That is something with which you reminded me since the pandemic. The one item that is now sitting on my bedside table are books. Oh. I've got books piling up. And, and when I look at the books that's piling up, it actually shows how many books I have read during this pandemic. And when I started counting them, there's almost 10 books. Wow. 10 books. <laughs> so once I finish one book, you know, I will say, okay, it doesn't go back into the shelf because I think I need to, you know, recap and remind myself of what is it in this book that lights me up. Yeah. So that's why the books are piling up on my bedside table. Mm, I love that. It also kind of serves as as a as a, an encouragement for you as well and to look yeah. at how far you have come. And yeah. uh, like you said, whenever you have a 
specific day or a certain emotion come up, you can always refer to one of these books to kind of, you know, reemphasize that message and that and try to find some peace and ease that you got through that message in the book as well. Um, Absolutely. A great next question then. What book then are you currently reading? Ah, this book. Mind to Matter. Mind to Matter because I have been going into really deep research and, and study on what makes people become what they are and why is it that some people can do what they wanted to do and why some find it so difficult, which I'm one of them. And when I came across this book, Mind to Matter, the contents in the book really seems to be speaking to me. Mm. Yeah, and, and it just says everything is just a matter of how your mind thinks. Yeah. And you create matter and it becomes your reality. Oh, I love that message. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like our minds, it's one of the most powerful, the organ is the brain, obviously, but then the mind, it's like, there's this, we have such a powerful tool that we often undermine and don't utilize or right. use it enough. So yeah, I am also very fascinated with the whole world about how our mind guide us and lead us to making certain decisions and getting us on certain pathways and, and how it can yeah. take us to good, bad, all types of different places and experience. And like, like I'm very into marketing, like I love marketing. And I remember one of the topics that really caught my attention is how people make buying decisions and how like just this, this concept of consumer behavior. So I think yeah. I'm also very fascinated with what our mind can do. So that, that sounds like a great book. I'm definitely definitely going to want to read that as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So last question before we dive into the meats of this conversation, country that you most want to visit and why? Wow. When it comes to countries that I most like to visit, there are just so many, but one particular country really uh, has been say, always in my mind. I've been there. It's Switzerland. I've been there. Yes. Somehow I just feel that in Switzerland, things are just so calm. That's the kind of feel. Mm. And, and if I have an opportunity to go back to Switzerland, there was like, last time I was there, I think it was about like almost 30 years ago. Gosh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somehow in the European trip that I've been, uh, that I was there, Switzerland always stands out. And about nine years ago, I went to uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, not really Eastern Europe, it's Scandinavia. Yeah. Scandinavia, but somehow at the end of it all, even though I enjoyed the trip very much, but Switzerland still sticks out. There's just something in Switzerland. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally have not been, but it's also on my list. And when I have spoken to friends uh, and family who has been there, they all say the same as you did, which is like they can definitely see themselves going back. It's like yeah. a very different world. It's like this out of the world experience. There's like mountains yeah. and then no boundaries. And it's like, I actually even funnily had a friend uh, say that uh, they believe that God lives there just because it's such a sacred looking <laughs> type of 
space. <laughs> I was like, wow, I really need to go see that place. You know, that's right. excellent for sure. All right. Um, that was fun, Diana. Thank you for uh, entertaining me and my listeners. So let's now dive into um, some questions that I wanted uh, to discuss here uh, for you to share your story on, on this platform. So maybe let us start off by telling my audience a bit more about you, what you do, where you're born, uh, whose family, what kind of hobbies you have. Sure. Well, I'm from Malaysia. I am a local Malaysian tour guide. And uh, in fact, um, I really discovered my passion after being in the guiding industry, probably on my first assignment, my very first assignment. And how it all got started was, I was always considered, how would I say, a rebellious (laughs) child in the family. Reason being is that I will always fight for my rights and I like to tell stories. But to me, telling stories is just trying to explain why it's not interpreted this way and the other way. But my parents will always take it as, no, 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 no. You are always trying to argue. You are so rebellious and that kind of thing. So (laughs) I was labeled. I was labeled like that. And my parents, especially my mother, would say, you know, next time when you grow up, you must become a lawyer because you talk too much. You talk too much. (laughs) And and when I finished high school and uh, when I went into the working world, uh, coincidentally, my first job was in the travel industry. Mm. And being in the travel industry, I get to have a lot of conversations with customers who are always wanting to book tickets to talk about where they want to go and things like that. And doing customer service has its ups and downs. Sometimes I got so pissed off with the uh, attitude of the customers that I was asking myself, why did I go into this customer service line? And I actually took a break from uh, the travel industry and I went into construction. And that's when uh, I was in the construction for like three months. And in the construction industry, all I do the whole day, I don't have opportunity to talk to anybody. And all I had to do was just to type, 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 type all the contracts. <laughs> Finally, after the three months, I told myself, I cannot take it because I need to talk. You see, I need to talk. And on the, that day, when I decided to hand the resignation letter to my boss, before I could do it, he handed me a confirmation letter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> A confirmation letter telling me, look, I'm confirming you after your three months probation and uh, you have a raise in your salary. I was like, oh my God. And I handed him a letter and said, I'm sorry, I want to resign. (laughs) And he said, why? Is it that you didn't like the raise that I gave you? We can negotiate. I said, no, 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 it's nothing to do with the raise, but I just think this job is just not for me. And uh, after that, I went back to the travel industry and that's where I found my passion. But I still didn't have the confidence to really speak in front of the public. But the thought was nagging at the back of my mind. Finally, uh, I was kind of drawn into tour guiding. And when I see friends telling me, you know, I went on a tour, the tour guide was telling me. And finally, I decided, okay, I've got to do this for myself. And that was like... 20 years ago. And when I finally decided, Lillian, it was like almost 15 years later from that thought that I wanted to be a tour guide, 
15 years later that I actually became a tour guide. And that was so much of time wasted. But on second thoughts, I guess it's the right time. You know, you are just at the right time at the right place. Because on second thoughts, when I recall, I was never ready to even uh, speak up in front of the public. But through the years, I have developed myself through all kinds of exposure. And when I finally took a job as a tour guide, I felt I was mentally ready. Wow. You see, so that's how it is. And I've loved my job since then. Yeah. Oh, there's so much in there. That's like, as I'm listening to to you share and speak, my heart, it's like warming up. And I think that's because there are different parts in that and that sharing and that story that I resonated a lot with. I think firstly, I find it really courageous and brave that you were you were able to to make that decision for yourself back then. And it's like, it's yeah. that that moment, I just want to dive in a little bit more into that moment when you got that confirmation letter and then you saw that you're going to get a salary increase. Like there is this stability in your financial that you could look forward to. Yeah. But then on the other hand of it, there's this nagging thought and, and desire inside you that you're like, I really need to go find out what that is. Like, in that moment, what would you say was inside you that made you felt like, no, let me let me just drop that. I really need to go find out what this is. I'm just really curious. That really got me thinking. And uh, while I was holding on to the confirmation letter from my uh, employer then, before I even handed him my resignation, the same question rises in my mind. Why is it that I really need to resign and I just cannot accept this job? It's because I think it's the opportunity or rather the non-opportunity that I didn't have to, to interact with people. And I guess the key is this interaction which I needed. Yeah. So in this construction company, all I did was just typing and typing and typing and typing and I couldn't take it. Yeah. And I, when I recall what my mother told me, you are so rebellious, you are too talkative. I guess that's the key. I need right. to talk to people. Right. <laughs> right. There's, there's something that someone that, that brought you to this world knows about you that you kind of cannot ignore. You're like, yeah, I think yeah. my mother is right. I need to go figure what that is. And the other part of, of that story that resonated with me, it's also this this tenacity, because like you said, um, from that point onwards, when you decided that that was the path you want to go pursue till the point where you found enough confidence and, and ability and capacity to just stand on your own and be like, I am now a professional tour guide and I can hone and hold a group of however many people. It took you 15 years yeah. and 15 years, like you said, it's not a short time. And I think back about there was a time because when I started this conversation, I mentioned how I'm very into, like I'm very passionate about marketing and connecting with people. And I actually had took a degree in uh, marketing and hospitality and tourism management while I was working in the oil and gas offshore shipping industry in a in an administrative role. And then now 12, 13 years later in a commercial business development role. And this, the last 12, 13 years, I will be honest that there were points in there where I thought about like is this really for me like like is there something else for me and then when I think about what I'm really passionate and 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 interested in it's it's marketing it's uh, the human mind it's like pursuing something in psychology but then when I start going into it and doing the research I found out that 
it's going to take me at least 8, 10, 12, 15 years before I can even practice. Or like if I want to get to where I'm a, I'm a marketing director or something, I still need a good 10, 15 years of experience before someone would actually give me that title. And I was what in my mid twenties then. And back then I, I had a stable income and I had financial responsibilities towards my family. So it was really difficult for me to say that, okay, I'm mm. just going to dedicate 15 years and see where this takes me. So to hear you doing that just for the fact that you know that this tenacity and this resilience that you have to pursue and, and just yeah. stay true in pursuing what you want. That's, that's just admirable. That's, that, that's a lot there that, that you should be really proud of yourself for. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Because if you don't have this conversation, honestly, I cannot even recall what I went through and, and how I finally came to be a tour guide. That mm-hmm. was a good question from you, a, a good prompting question. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this brings me to the next part, which um, obviously we know that the tourism industry was hit really hard during the past year and a half, two years, and perhaps uh, in some parts of the world still counting. Can you share with us a little bit? How did the past couple of years look like for you since the pandemic hit when it came to your career? What was the hardest part about it when it all happened? Oh yeah, the hardest part, uh, you know, when pandemic hits was that prior to the pandemic in 2019, I have been in the tourism as a tour guide for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling all my friends, hey, 2020 is going to be a good year for me. You know why? I said, I am going to uh, go on semi-retirement. I'm going to take things easy because I don't want to receive so many jobs because I, I say I'm getting tired even though I love it mm-hmm. but I want to be selective in right. my tour assignments. So that right. was what my friends was I was telling my friends. Mm-hmm. So and when 2020 hit there was some time in the early 2020 when we start hearing of this pandemic there was already a kind of fear, you know, growing inside me. And March came, all my tour assignments for the whole year of 2020, and it even flows over to 2021 this year. I already have assignments scheduled for 2021. Mm-hmm. My tour calendar totally went empty, was all cleared empty. That was very devastating because the first thing that came to my mind was the financial collapse yeah. with no jobs. No tourists means no income. And that hit me really, really hard. For the first month, I thought it wouldn't be that bad because I've gone through the time when SARS hit mm. SARS hit the world and H1N1, that was the time. But yeah. it wasn't as bad as now where, where everything is all totally shut down. So mm. as the weeks turn into months, one month passed, two months passed, but the third month, reality sets in and I thought oh my god this is something that I really have to look into and that's where I went into aggressive learning mode trying Mm -hmm. to go digital but Mm -hmm. I was digitally challenged you know I have not even heard of zoom for your information you know before the pandemic and it was a whole no new learning curve it was so steep that Mm -hmm. I was so overwhelmed and I thought I could do it because I've always believe myself to be very resilient. So I thought I could do it. But having gone through the steep learning curve, I felt that I had so much of information here, but I just didn't know how to put it into action. 
Mm. So I went into deep, deep depression. And um, sorry, I may get emotional. <laughs> okay, it's okay. And then what happened was um, that's where I started examining my other skills. What else can I do? But no matter where I turn and, and see what skills I have, it all zeroes back to uh, tourism. And I've just felt tourism is a dead duck right now. So even yeah. if it goes back to tourism, nobody wants to talk about tourism now, isn't it? Everybody's mm-hmm. very concerned about their financial standing. Mm-hmm. That's when I think I actually only start to get some clarity. Was it this year that we met, Lillian? Yeah, I think it's it this was. Year, right? It was earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this year. So the whole year of 2020, I literally felt that it was snatched from me. It was just snatched from me because I didn't do anything productive. Yeah. And when 2021 came, I was able to, you know, uh, uh, perk up myself and say, if I continue like this, mentally, it's not going to do me any good. That's yeah. when I started exploring, okay, why don't I start to do some storytelling? Start telling stories about Malaysia. You know, if people cannot come, I'm going to bring Malaysia to them through the auditorial world. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. when I explored podcasting and mm-hmm. uh, started listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and wondering how they did it. And that's where I studied tutorials on uh, podcasting yes. and went into Facebook groups on podcasting. And that's where I met you, Lillian. Yes. That's where we met. <laughs> that is, that, that was where we met, indeed. Yeah, this... I was just so absorbed listening to that story. And Diana, thank you so much for opening your heart up and, and for sharing. Um, it's it's very difficult. I can only imagine um, having felt being in an industry where it's driven by crowd and people and, yeah. um, and people visiting and coming from all over the world. And for that to be just shut down overnight and then not knowing the how your future is going to look like um, and just knowing you and hearing you you are someone that needs to have something to do right I mean like all of us does and I think for you especially so just because it it sounded like this part about the human-to-human interaction is like a need for you it's not like uh, no I can do with that it's more like I have to have it if not it's going to negatively impact my life. And it's like for that to be just completely taken away, it's, and and then in addition to that financially as well, to not know how that's going to look like, I can only imagine how, how difficult that must have been. And you said earlier that you always thought that you were resilient. I want you to, to know that you are still very resilient. I mean, if, if for <laughs> anyone you. listening to your story, they would be like, I mean, this is, it's, it's hard. And, and for you to, it's, it's not that, that outrageous to think that you had to take months or the past entire year to feel like, okay, let's now look at what's possible again, because it's really not, not easy. And I mean, looking back also, you have dedicated 20 years of your life in this industry. So it's like for, like for you to feel hopeful about looking for uh, something else altogether it, it's arduous it's it's not it's very challenging so um know that the fact that you had come out of that and started looking at possibilities and options and you know and reaching yourself in very different ways trying to gain skills to try to stay competent in the digital world 
there's a lot to be proud of you for yourself for there. It's it's not easy. And and I mean, there are also other people that maybe now still struggling, but look at where you have come now that you've given yourself that space and and that and that empathy and that patience to try and, you know, let's try something else. Um which then brings me now to the point that you are a fellow podcaster, right? So Diana actually <laughs> has her own podcast, uh, and I'm so proud of her for overcoming all the challenges before she got here. How to do it, what to say, the technology, the mic, the all of that, the editing. Um, so I want you to share with my listeners a bit more about your podcast. What's that about? Um, what inspired you to start, and where and how did you pick up the knowledge and confidence to put it out there? Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when I was listening to other podcasters and I thought that, hey, this could be something that I could do, but I really didn't know how to go about it. And when I joined the uh, podcast support group on uh, Facebook, that's where I met you, Lillian, and I connected with you. And when I connected with you, I was already, uh, how would I say, doing the foundations of what podcasting is, but I didn't really have the kind of push factor to even start publishing. And, and because I was so unsure and, and so doubtful about my uh, technology abilities, I keep pushing, I keep learning, and I keep pushing, and I keep refining. Until I met you, Lillian, when we uh, had a Zoom call like this, and... I, I didn't even have a name of my podcast. I was it's all just running around in my head. And when you asked me one question, when do you intend to launch your podcast? That got me really thinking. Now now I remember there was sometime in uh, April. There was sometime in April. And when you asked me that question, I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, I think it's about time I I put an answer to that question. And I think. I did tell you it's sometime you, in June. Yes, so, you did. You said June first. Right. And, <laughs> correct. So, so when I have committed something to you, it's always nagging in my mind, oh, I must be responsible for my words. That's when I went into a desperation mode. I said, oh my God, I have already you know, committed to Lillian. I better do something. <laughs> and uh, because you also told me that, you know, it's okay, you know, uh, not to be perfect. You can just do it messy. Right. So, and I just quickly recorded my trailer. And I think I did recording uh, for my trailer like four to five times because initially I just didn't like the sound of my voice. Yeah. And when I you know, replay my voice, oh gosh, I think it's so... <laughs> <laughs> I think every every podcaster goes through that that goes period through that, of, like huh? trying to find acceptance with their own voice. <laughs> so I recorded, deleted, and I think I did that for at least five times. Finally, mm. I said, "Oh, I, I said no matter how many times my voice is still the same, so I better accept what what I have." And um, when the day came, uh, I did the trailer that was a week before my actual launching. Pushing that publish button was so scary. <laughs> but I told myself, I'm committed to Lillian. <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> and I named my podcast Doses of Malaysian Stories because that is my expertise. That's what I am good at. What else can I talk about? So, and I am so proud of myself right now. I'm already on my 11th episode. And uh, 
I didn't want to pressure myself. I, I say I'll do it on a fortnightly kind of basis before yeah. I go into weekly. And I'm still on a fortnightly basis because I'm still struggling with technology. I only managed to learn audio uh, editing on my third episode when I just do a trial interview with one of my friends just as a practice for me. Yeah. And I think it was horrible, but never oh. mind. I said it's okay. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Like I actually listened to that episode. So that was great. I mean, I, that was really great effort. I was like, yay, I'm so proud of Diana right now. Um, I mean, I just have to say like, well, first and foremost in my heart, it's like bursting with with warmth and love that you took my words with such weight and 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 then you felt like, yes, I have I have a deadline. I need to go for it. And it makes me so happy that it's that important to you that and for me to actually see how far the podcast has come and for you to still be able to put all of these knowledge and depth that you have inside of you and your love for Malaysia as a city and a country to put it out there and um, to like you said in in your words now that they cannot come to me I'm going to bring Malaysia to them I love that message. I, I feel like there's people out there that misses traveling and has Malaysia on their to-do list and must visit list. And um, in the meantime, with the inability to, to actually physically be there, I feel like your podcast would be such a fun way to just get, like you say, doses on Malaysia uh, in every little episode yeah. that you have. I I really think that that's brilliant. And What's so great about podcasting, just to sideline a little bit, is that that the entry barrier is so low, right? I mean, like it's not like back then anymore. It's not like you need a publisher, you need like, like an audio company to sign you on and you need to sign a contract with so-and-so third party. Now it's like as long as you have the key set up um, and you have a story and a message you want to put out there, that's all it takes. And then you can just put it out there and who knows? I mean, the podcasting industry, it's like, it's, it's, it's huge, but it's not that huge. So, um, and honestly, I've, I don't think I've seen another podcast like yours, which is specifically to talk about and share about Malaysia and, and these little snippets and little secrets of that place that you don't get until you actually are a person that's in that space. And I love that. I love that. That is so great. And I'm so, so proud of you, Deanna. Yay. 11th episode. Thank and going. Thank I, I really hope you'll keep this going because I can definitely see a lot of value and, and I can see how it lights you up. Um, the thing is, when we do something that we are passionate about, so, like sometimes it's like, yes, it's it's we think about it in a way that we are serving people, but think about how it what it does for us personally too. And I can see that transition in you and I and I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you, Lillian. Thank you. Like I say, I attribute you know, this launching on my podcast 90% to you, my dear. Aww. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I don't know how to feel right now. I'm like, oh, I feel like a mama bear or something. Like, oh, I birthed, <laughs> I birthed a little baby bear and she's like, she has her wings and she's doing her thing now. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Tell us now that you are in a better place and with the pandemic seemingly under more control, um, yeah. What are you looking forward to going forward, the rest of 2021 and then also in 2022? 
To be honest with you, now that I have not been really very active moving about, running around town, I have kind of a look at tour guiding from a third-person perspective. Mm. And um, having been, you know, uh, on a more sedentary lifestyle now, I thought I could contribute contribute my expertise in other ways. Number one is through podcasting. And number two, I, if possible, I would also like to start a course on storytelling because tour guiding is more about storytelling. And if I could adopt storytelling as a course to guide people on how to create stories, how to craft stories in whatever field of expertise that they are in, that could help people and bring them into a different level, mm. which I thought podcasting has actually brought this new perspective yeah. on tour guiding. And uh, of course, if the, uh, you know, the tourism were to bounce back, which mm. definitely it, it will. And when it bounces back, and I think the impact of the bouncing back of tourism is going to be much, much more compared to pre-pandemic days. But yeah. on the other hand, it could be a whole different kind of uh, uh, tourism experience because mm-hmm. with this SOPs, social distancing and things like that, I reckon it's not going to be the same as how it used to be pre-pandemic yeah. days. So yeah. that's where if I were to pivot onto another level, that could be the direction that I'm presently looking at. Yeah, it could be. It could well be. And when we started this conversation, you also mentioned how like when, well, before the pandemic hit, when you were chatting with your friends, you said that you wanted to be more selective and, you know, do it yeah. in a more, do tour guiding in a more relaxed and, yeah. and structured way. Um, and I feel like now that you have exposed yourself to other avenues to put uh, the tour guiding experience out there, be it through a podcast, I was even thinking as you were just sharing that maybe you could even consider um, doing videos and putting it on YouTube for people to see the city in that way. Or even if, if you are into writing and you love writing, it could even be like in a form form of a column in a in a like start a blog and then or even publish or send your article to be included in the column in a travel magazine or something like it, I, I feel like that that's so many ways to get creative about this process to also feel like you could continue to do what you love and to serve the the community and the people but at the same time also have a certain level of flexibility and stability that is that is aside from needing to have people and bringing groups around, which we now mm-hmm. know it's not a given, <laughs> given the pandemic, yeah, that can that's just true. change in the switch of a moment, right? Um, okay, that's yeah. awesome. So let's just start wrapping things up. But before we do that, I, I have a very important question to ask you, which is through this sharing and this story that you've been telling us and you taking us down memory lane of how you became a tour guide and all that, I hear a lot of you staying resilient and hopeful and brave towards just pursuing this desire inside you. If my listeners out there who are like you 30 years ago, somebody that has this quiet desire inside them, but they are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's the first step to take. What would be some tips and advice you'll be able to share to help support them just kind of take the next step forward? I guess that's a very pertinent question uh, for somebody who is still trying to look for that purpose. That was me during the pandemic. I thought before the pandemic, my purpose is just guiding But when the pandemic hits, I begin to look inside myself and I keep telling myself, I have to do this 
touring into myself because mm. I'm from the tourism industry, so I oh. use a lot of all this jargon. So I said, when I start touring into myself, I begin to realize three very important words that could probably be the guiding light for people who are still trying to look for their purpose. It comes in three A's. I call it the triple A's. One is to awaken. To awaken to the possibilities in you and be aware that there are many other skills inside you. So once we are awakened to that skill, we start to uncover it. And the second word that I could think of is um, to align. Aligning ourselves to what we realize is our other skills and then aligning our actions, whatever that we are doing. Once we align ourselves to what we want to do, and that's where the third word comes into the picture, which is achieve. And mm-hmm. as we start achieving small little successes, these small little successes will create ripples of change in our life. And that brings us to a whole new world of possibilities. So the mantra that I constantly remind myself now is to awaken, align, and to achieve. Yeah. So this has been my guiding light since the pandemic. And I find that it really, really helps me to clarify a lot of uh, uh, stuck you know, things within me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And That's like I say, beautiful. achieving small ripples of change of this success gives me a new level of hope. If I can do this small little success, which means to say I can go to the next step. Mm-hmm. And that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So this has been my mantra. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Like it, it really lines up nicely, which is first get aware and, and look inside, find the answers from here and then figure out how to align that with your with how what you put out in the world and then also yes. start taking that action, even though yes. it doesn't need to be a big step. But then once you right. take that next small step and then you succeeded in that small step and it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. I think I can do the next one. Like you start building that confidence, then that does something to getting you to the first big action that you want to see in whatever you're pursuing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Diana, that's awesome. Okay. I want to shout it out to the world how we can support you because you are such a light in this world. We need more of you. We want more of you. And I'm sure I speak for my audience as well. So tell us how we can continue to support you, follow you. Uh, and if that's something else that you're looking to put out in the world, how we can find out when that's going to be. Right. Well, I would love it if you could follow my uh, podcast, which is called Doses of Malaysian Stories. And um, while I do see a kind of restrictions in the audio world, I have also set up a private Facebook group, which is under the same name, Doses of Malaysian Stories, uh, where I use that to support my podcast and also uh, input additional content. And uh, in that Facebook group, I also share stories of how uh, my journey into the tour guiding world Mm -hmm. and with snippets and doses of Malaysian stories thrown into it. Because in uh, during the course of my guiding through my 20 years, I begin to have a different perspective of how I look at my own country. And that came about is from the questions that tourists ask me, which never occurred to me because to us Malaysians, this is commonplace things that, you know, we took for granted. Mm -hmm. But to a non-Malaysian, 
they may find it very weird. Why are they doing this? You know, and suddenly it occurred to you, oh mm. yeah, this is something which it never occurred to us that is weird. But to yeah. a non-Malaysian, they have right. never done it's it. It's not normal. This cultural. Yeah. Correct, right. correct. So yeah. it has given me a different perspective. So if you could go also to my Instagram under Diana How, uh, that would uh to how would I say learn more about me so mm-hmm. that I give me the opportunity to also learn more about you and how I could uh create more content that is more relevant to your needs. Yay, that's yeah. awesome. Diana, I'll make sure all the links are available in the show notes for people to click and go do all the things that they can to follow you. I, I just have to say that it's interesting what the point that you just point out, which is it also made me think about how much I knew about my home country in Singapore. I'm like, I don't think I know about <laughs> that. Like, And like you correctly mentioned, now that I've been here in the US for what, three, three years and counting, I do get questions about Singapore that I take for granted I'm like well that's normal and then for them it's like no that's not really the case so it's really interesting to explore that and then also to to talk about it so then you can also bridge the gap and 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 actually in a bigger picture you are really trying to bridge the gap between the western hemisphere to the eastern hemisphere and then trying to just find more of that that connection and um, kindness in people and community to be more accepting of people that they meet and people around them. Diana, oh, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for coming on here, being so open, opening your heart, sharing your story, and um, also providing the support to my listeners uh, for anyone that's actually going through or had went through something like you did. And for someone like you who are only maybe five or 10 steps ahead of them to show them and tell them that it's possible. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lillian, for having me on the show. It's really my privilege to be able to have you help me to open up uh, myself to where I am today. Thank you very, very much, Lillian. Of course, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. Mm, How heartwarming is that? I couldn't get enough of that conversation. Diana is just such a light and not only is she shining her own light on this world and to the people and community that she touches, she, she has this warmth and this honesty and this, this authenticity about her that it's just hard to not be drawn to. She had made me felt like I am worthy by holding my words uh, to this degree. And for that, uh, it, it just felt so nice. Diana, I am the lucky one and I am so very grateful that our paths crossed. I cannot wait to see how much more you are going to get out of your journey with podcasting and also all these little creative ideas and opportunities that you are seeing open up for yourself through this pandemic. And I am just excited for what lies ahead of you. I personally think that there is so much we need to hear on so many levels out of this down-to-earth conversation, but if there is one message that I would encourage that you take away from this episode is that to believe and trust yourself that you have so much more to bring to the table than you actually do. It may be really hard to see that when you are in the midst of a storm, 
that if you could clear the noise and if you could sit still and be still, you will see that the resources are there, the opportunities are there. And through resilience, through courage, through being brave and giving yourself the benefit of the doubt and allowing yourself to be messy, you have the power to claim that for yourself. If you haven't already and you are curious about uh, Deanna's podcast and also you are, like me, just completely drawn to her as a person and her personality and her storytelling course she has in mind to put together, definitely go give Deanna a follow. All her links are in the show notes. You could find links to her podcast, to the private Facebook group, to her Instagram account, and also an email address that you could just send an email to her and say hi. Dear friends, thank you so, so much for being here with me and sitting down and tuning into this episode. I hope this brought some value, some calm, some courage to you as you walk through your week, your days, and your life. Deep breaths, dear friends. I will talk to you next week. Hi friends, I'm beyond grateful that you have chosen to spend your time here with me. I truly believe that time is the most precious thing one could give to anyone. So I sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing yours with me here in this sacred, intimate space. I remember the times when I had let feelings of shame, of ego, get in the way and I would rather suffer alone and in silence rather than asking for help. It doesn't have to be that way. I know firsthand how reaching out for support had been pivotal and essential in my own healing process and my path towards a life that's more true, more free, more joyful. If this show had supported you and you could think of someone who could use that emotional support to get through the hard things that they are going through at the moment, please share this episode with them. You could also support the show and help it reach more years of more people by reviewing and rating on Apple Podcasts, by sharing the show, and remember to tag me so that I'll know and I'll make sure to send a little token of appreciation your way to thank you for your support. And last but not least, like the Facebook page on Facebook. Stay well, friends, and take care of that heart, body, and soul of yours. I'll meet you back here next week.